0: I am super excited to announce that we now have a formal partnership with The Prospect Wizard. And when I say wizard, I mean wizard. Obviously, you have a website. This allows you to convert your website traffic visitors directly into leads. It's not just another chatbot, and it's not AI, but it allows a visitor to call, text, or leave a voicemail. Immediately goes to you, your sales team, or anyone else in the club instantly, MIT shows a study that if you contact the lead within 10 minutes, chance of them converting goes up nine times that of the average. We got the Atlanta clubs on it, Vita Fitness, Gold's Gym, Mountainside, City Fitness, Philly, College Park. Become one of the next Halo companies to deploy the wizard. It's easy to use. Go to the prospectwizard.com, get a free 30-day trial. Talk to my boy, Dave Gallon He will get you all set up and let the leads flow based on the wizard. Go get them. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of bringing back to the podcast a friend of the square, CEO of ABC, Bill Davis. Welcome back to your second Halo Talks.
1: Hey, I appreciate it. I always, uh, always enjoy getting together and uh, talking about the industry we love.
0: Great, great. Well, we're, uh, we're, we're back and strong. Uh, bricks and mortar has survived, which we all, uh, you know, with our crystal ball told people was definitely going to happen. Uh, when we first spoke, you had a, I I'd say, an amalgamation of a lot of different businesses that were, uh, somewhat of a a chicken soup of, of the, of the soul. And, uh, had to kind of put that into, uh, to one umbrella and the last Dursha show, I think you pulled that off, uh, pretty flawlessly. I love the, uh, the new logo, uh, things seem to all be kind of put together nicely. I know that probably on the inside was not that easy of a test. So talk about, you know, where you were and and where you are now, how excited you are about the team. And, uh, we'll talk about what ABC is going to provide going forward.
1: Yeah. I just, I, there's a lot there, but let me try to try to give a couple of high level perspectives. First is I, I echo your sentiment. I know there was a lot of anxiety and uncertainty coming out of the pandemic and, uh, I just have been incredibly impressed and uh, encouraged by what we have witnessed now here over the last three years in terms of sustained both membership growth as well as expansion, you know, of brands, both existing and new. And I think it's uh, it's fair to say that uh, you know fitness and wellness more holistically is top of mind for uh, so many people and uh, the brick and mortar you know, physical experience is, a, uh, is an essential element of that. And um, so we're very encouraged to, uh, to be part of that in some small way. In terms of, you know, what's been going on at ABC, as you indicated, you know, we used the, the pandemic to, to lean into what we thought to be very attractive technologies and bring them together in a way that really promotes uh, two essential things. The power of integration um, and the technologies itself but the insights that can be garnered through uh, effective utilization of technology. And so as you indicated, um, at URSA 2023, uh, we uh, came out with a new brand, but I would also say a new promise to the market that we are gonna remain vigilant in our pursuit of integrated uh, capabilities, and in doing so, hopefully really enhance Uh, the insights that club operators, no matter their size, the smallest of small to the largest of large can garner through the information that they have uh, through the systems that they're utilizing. And um, it has been a lot of hard work, but I would say, you know, very early stages of beginning to see the benefits that are being realized by our, uh, our club operators who are customers, but the members themselves.
0: Yeah, it's great. You know, as you've, um, seen with the proliferation of private equity and venture capital coming into the space and i've been warning all of the operators like look they want as much data as they can uh they don't want bad news they want data and then they can help you kind of weave through whatever challenges you have um how have the demands of the ownership of club chains and area developers kind of pushed you to understand hey this is what they want to look at here's the kpis Let me slice and dice this for you. And how excited are you that, you know, it's being used properly?
1: Yeah, well, I'm a 20 plus year old uh, recovering CFO. I tell everybody, so data, I love data, but more specifically the insights that um, it offers. And I would say you're absolutely right. The sophistication in the fitness industry is growing and maturing uh, every single day. And I would say that Um, conversations that we're having are, let's identify those things that we can control and let's understand and appreciate those things we cannot control. And in those things that we can control, what insights that we can garner to make better, more informed decisions to hopefully influence a better outcome. And so a lot of discussion around new member acquisition, around member retention, around participation in wallet share i.e how can we uh, become more sticky um, and more relevant to our member in their fitness and wellness uh, journey? And they want it not in a um, on a, a push mentality. I often talked about it. I walked into ABC where literally every night we were pushing tens of thousands of reports to our customers on a nightly basis to where they want it on demand, they want it highly flexible to where they could play with sets of assumptions and see different outcomes. So I would say the on on demand and the versatility of those insights in and around identifying those things that they can control and positively influence is where many of our uh, insight conversations are taking us.
0: Now, ABC, there was always historically, hey, it's a full service where you you pick up the phone and you'd call and it would go to the Little Rock, now it goes to Frisco. Um, so you really, you know, I view you guys as almost like the central nervous system, if you will, of a club or, or a chain. What extent do you go and say, this is what we're going to do and this is kind of what you really still need to do? Uh, because I'm not running your bricks and mortar, but I'm providing you every, you know, piece of intelligence or, or mind component that I can, but you still have to bring your heart to it.
1: yeah. So, uh, first thing I would say is, um, you know, our heritage, what has made ABC the company that it is, is that commitment to client service and client success. And something that I've endeavored to try to do over these past four and a half years is to ensure that we preserve that. And so, our accessibility, our commitment to do what is necessary to make our clients successful, I would say, is as high as it has ever been. I think the difference is that not only the sophistication of the demands is, is elevating, as we just talked about, but the the customer types that ABC is supporting is far more diversified than it was four or five years ago. We are now supporting uh, the smallest of small club operators to the largest of large and everything in between. And so to answer your question, it's a little bit different, I would say, depending on That club operator, their specific needs and where they're at in their respective journey. And so we are taking a very segmented approach to answering um, those needs. We're not taking a one size fits all or blunt object approach to kind of clubbing them with this is how you ought to look at it. But what is unique to that single club operator that is operating a, a yoga studio? That's very different than if I'm operating, you know, 20 different um, traditional clubs that, um, you know, is all about personal training and, and new member acquisition. So those insights are being tailored. Um, but to your very point, you know, we are taking time to not just simply create a non-demand environment, but also trying to bring thoughtful insights that hopefully can get the dialogue and the thought process started.
0: One of the things that I think is a lot more, um, conversational than it used to be is like, Hey, your attrition rate affects my attrition rate, affects yeah. my revenue. Um, so so that that on, on its own, I, I you know use this term, uh, you can't have intelli- artificial intelligence until you have intelligence. So what are some of your account execs and, and success team trying to push the clubs to get this information, whether it's just, you know, birthday, that's great. Um, how about like where you work? How about what time you like to work out? Maybe what, some of your motivations are, or some of your issues. Like I, I miss a class a week in Cycle because I wake up and think, oh, I didn't have a good night's sleep. I'm going to, you know, miss this class. Well, if there was a bus picking me up or another member picking me up or my trainer picking me up, I'd probably be waiting outside because, you know, that becomes almost like non-cancelable. So yeah. how, how do you think about raising the industry and also obviously creating your own benefits on, know the SaaS revenue that, that you can generate from ABC and everybody wins.
1: Yeah. I, I just I just and again I would I would attribute this back to the pandemic. I, I just in all sincerity have always embraced a member first a member first mindset. So it has never been about necessarily elevating ABC's you know revenues or or even to a certain extent our customers, but more about if we treat and are motivated to treat our customers members the right way. Then we're all going to benefit through that improved experience. And so, in the context of improving retention, improving engagement, it's really around the personalization of what's important to that individual member. They may they may care about their birthday, but for me personally, I don't like being reminded that it's my birthday because it's one more year, you know, kind of around the sun, and that's uh, it's it's been too many already. Um, but in all seriousness, to your point of, hey, I, knowing that Bill Davis is motivated by um, that, that kind of that competitive spirit and knowing that so-and-so is going to be in that class and or um, the opportunity to even write with so-and-so to, you know, make certain session uh, together, you know, understanding that about our members to how much they're using their club for what purpose versus what they're doing outside the club and how they're thinking about their wellness or their nutrition. Those elements, I think the the technology is there. It's helping these club operators understand how they can more effectively, seamlessly leverage it to garner better, more curated, more personalized insights about their members is to me the greatest opportunity that we have as an industry that I think, again, with a member-first mindset is only going to yield benefit for all that are in the proverbial food chain, if you will.
0: Yeah, I always uh, tell these clubs, if you're the authority on workouts, you should also be the authority on workout recovery.
1: That's right. You should also be
0: authority on the fuel that goes into the, to the workouts. And that's your five-mile radius, so, you know, own it. and Don't let somebody else in there. This is Pete Moore. I want to let you in on a little secret. There's this company called Promotion Vault. And what they do is they give out rewards from retailers that allow you to incentivize your members without having to do zero down and one month free or giving away shakes or giving away t-shirts. What you want to do is build a rewards program that lasts, that people value, and that doesn't discount your own products and services. So here's the deal. There's something called Rewards Vault. The Rewards Vault is going to allow a member to set up their own profile, they are going to answer questions. You are going to get those answers. You're going to be able to target those members, and you're going to reward them inside your club, inside your spa, and outside of the club, and outside of the spa, to get them to become loyal, to get them to pay their monthly dues, and to be rewarded properly for the actions. A lot of companies are cutting back on rewards. You shouldn't be. Promotion vaults your answer. Trust me, this is real. You know, as you take a look at, at some of your competitors, um, it took a while. Uh, I've been in the industry since 1999. There was no private equity. There was no venture capital. Uh, and then they kind of flocked towards a lot of the recurring revenue businesses uh, on the fintech side, such as, you know, Toma Bravo and yourself. Uh, some of the things that were busted, I think, was that they were just one-year contracts. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now you're looking at three to five-year contracts. Um, how is that pitch to to the clients for them to understand look i'm a long-term partner i'm not really your vendor i'm actually you know a key supplier and i and, and we have a relationship uh and that's not something i want to have to wake up and you know can constantly bid every year to, to stay in, in business with you and i'm doing investments on your behalf and i have to let those yeah. investments yeah. kind of filter their way through so how, how have you how has that resonated with people how is that compared to other industries you've been in how's that Taking.
1: Yeah, I would say I would say you know I've ABC is ABC is a, a bit atypical in two material respects. To your point of my other experiences and in other industries, the dependency on contracts in the fitness industry far lower than I'd seen in any other industry. Whether that was healthcare, education, um, human capital management, um, all of them were defined by the contractual relationships that um, were established. We have definitely, I'm not suggesting we haven't, we have moved in the direction post-pandemic where more uh, contractual relationships are in place than we had pre-pandemic. But I, I would say even compared to any of our competitors in this space, we are still the minority in terms of, of really kind of leading with that expectation. The only time where I feel um, it's warranted and appropriate is what you just, you, you, you ended with. And that is many instances, our customers are asking for specific curated needs that are unique to them. And where ABC is making a commitment around investment and uh, resourcing that is to the benefit of that particular customer, understanding, you know, is that reciprocated for three, five, seven years? I would say um, is where we're we're making such a request. but I could literally I could literally count um, on my hands and my, my my feet, you know, my my 20 digits, you know, the number of those types of contractual relationships that we've promoted. But in every instance, it's been um, quite honestly, I think easy conversation because the customer has understand, understood, you know, what ABC was effectively committing to in terms of resources and specific um, deliverables, you know, for them that, um, you know, translated to a sensible return or reciprocation from a, uh, you know, contractual commitment from a term point of view. Gotcha. I'd, I'd still say it's fairly atypical for ABC customers. Got it. So, so you've been
0: very successful with you know, we'll call them add-on acquisitions. Yeah, uh, Some of those are, are more, you know, product-related gaps that you filled. Some of them are uh, are geographic and reach, you know, and international. You know, we're in the MA business. A lot of M&A doesn't work. Uh, yeah. A lot of club operators try and make acquisitions and they say, I wish I never did this deal. So, you know, what did you bring from your past experiences to put together a playbook and an integration that's allowed you Maybe it's up front when you tell the operator that you're buying, hey, this is how we're going to roll you in. This is how the, the messaging is going to be. You know, maybe without giving up too much of the special sauce, but how do you, how do you think about it? Yeah. And how, you know, are you able to replicate that and, and not kind of be on the sideline as as a lot of companies are and say, hey, we just made an acquisition a year ago or two years ago, When we're done figuring out what we bought. You know, yeah. then call us again type of thing. So give us a little window into that. Yeah, I
1: think. It- there's nothing, there's no kind of secret sauce here, but I would tell you it centers around three things and you're going to roll your eyes when I say it because it is so simple when I say it, but it is so incredibly hard to execute in practice. And the first is you have to be very, very clear and transparent as to the strategic purpose of the acquisition. Is it a, is it a customer acquisition? Is it a technology purchase? Is it a geographic expansion play? What is the strategic motivation for buying that company? And Mm -hmm. I'd say all too often, people either are too glib or too uh, flippant about um, what that strategic motivation is, but I would say the crisper, more concise you can be, uh, that's point one. Point two is culture, culture, culture. And uh, when we made uh, the Glowfox acquisition a year ago, there were a couple other SMB, boutique, um, studio op- you know, pl- providers that were available at that same time. And our decision to align with Glowfox um, had as much to do with the cultural fit as it did with anything else. And I would say all too often, People embrace this mindset that I'm the acquirer, and so they will embrace our culture and our way of doing things. And the reality is, is human behavior is the exact opposite. And I think people underestimate that dynamic more than anything. And then the third and the hardest is the time invested in the integration effort to where people feel valued. And they, they feel like they're becoming part of something bigger and something more than they could have done themselves as part of an independent standalone company. And I don't profess that we're perfect in that regard. But I will tell you, Pete, the amount of time and energy and I dare say the dollars that we invest in that deliberate engagement with um, our employee base is, is something that I think we do well. And I think it's, what has caught I'm very, very proud of the number of founders that are still in the ABC business. And they're not here because they have to be. They're here because they're bought into what we're trying to do as a company, which I think aligns all three of those dimensions. That, again, I would say very easy to say, incredibly difficult to do.
0: You know, if if I'm one of those, those founders um, that have sold the ABC, and I think I know most or all of them, and we've done a lot of podcasts with them you know, they're, they're bootstrapping their businesses, even though they're generating a lot of, of revenue. Um, what would you say, or maybe some of some of them have said to you, you know, I love being here because X, Y, Z.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, again, each one of us, whether it was Connor, Laughlin, Sherrod Mohan, Paolo, Accio, all of them. Do we see the prospect of us being together, creating more, value for synergistic value for the markets that you are serving or the same or less and if it's the same or less we ought not we ought not continue the conversation so I think all of them would tell you that they saw the prospect of us being better together than we were apart but second is I think our commitment to investing in how do we, come together as a business in a better, more powerful way. Case in point, we actually, and I get teased about it, but we actually have rebranded the business twice since I've been here, which is a lot. Most companies rebrand themselves every 20 years or what have you. In four years, we've rebranded ourselves twice. The rebranding that was just effectuated a couple of months ago was actually led by our desire to redefine and establish a vision and mission statement that the entire company could really rally around and three stated values that we were gonna commit to as an organization. And our demonstrated commitment to doing something like that conveyed to the organization that we didn't have all the answers. We we weren't asking anybody to just simply embrace what was already there. We were gonna, in essence, go try to figure this out together. And I think the level of support and energy garnered by such a, I think, willingness to self-reflect and, and commit in a new way, I think, is, is quite candidly what makes ABC a bit, bit special, a bit unique. And I think if you talk to those founders, I think that's what they would tell you.
0: This is Pete Moore. Here's the last tip for you of the podcast. We are partnered up with a company called Higher Dose. HigherDose.com. They are the leader in workout recovery products, infrared technology, LED light masks, neck enhancers, and other products such as PEMF mats and sauna blankets. If you have not gotten on the workout recovery train yet, your time and your stop is now. You got to get these products in there before these workout recovery and spas end up saturating your market having your members walk out of the club and going into one of their locations for 200 bucks per month where they're paying 39 to you. Let's become an expert in workout recovery if we are already an authority in workouts. Higher dose, check it out. There's a wholesale code and we look forward to helping you augment your products and services to meet the demands of your members. And hey, let's get people happy, healthy, and sweating and the recovery should be just as good as the workout. You know, one of the things that uh, I was pleasantly surprised by when you did the rebranding is that you actually kept the word fitness, you know, in the title where I, I would say a lot of software companies and entrepreneurs that serve the space want to go broader. And they want to say, hey, I can service any bricks and mortar business that's in and around services related to you know, we use my halo term right. um so what was the you know what what was the 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 you know guiding light to say look the fitness industry is big enough I don't need to go outside of this um yeah it might look more interesting to you know uh, an investor to say hey I cover all these different you know end markets but you guys have kind of own this, this this end market with the core you know p- players to to begin with so maybe you can just Give us a little insight into saying, hey, this is what we do and this is what I'm doing and I'm not trying to go find other
1: markets. Yeah, so we we did exactly as you intimated at the outset. We did the addressable market sizing and we convinced ourselves there's more than enough opportunity within the fitness industry globally that we don't need to look kind of beyond that to have sufficient scale and growth to... um, To do what we're trying to do as a business. But then we convinced ourselves strategically that that focus, that specialization, what we were gonna be able to do from an investment perspective would allow us to differentiate ourselves from the competitors that potentially could be distracted or diverted in terms of allocation of resources as they attempted to serve needs that went beyond the fitness industry. And I believe it was the absolute right strategic decision because there's no ambiguity in who we're trying to serve, how we're trying to serve them, the technology that has to be built to serve them well, the services that have to come along with it. There's no ambiguity. And I think that focus, that specialization, I sincerely believe is going to pay us dividends for literally years to come. And the last question, you know,
0: Ursa used to be dominated by equipment vendors. You'd walk in and it would be six equipment vendors spending millions of dollars on their uh, their layouts, having every employee and salesperson across the world there, uh, showing people new treadmills and, and ellipticals and so on and so forth. I feel like the last two Ursa's has really been dominated by guys like you. Um, so do you feel like that was, you know, another visible uh, outcome that look de- this is about data, this is about members. you know, there's a lot of equipment, but yeah the yep. game changer is the technology.
1: Yeah, I think well, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't give Liz Clark and the entire Ursa team credit for uh, broadening the tent. They made a bigger tent. she she recognizes that the partner, the partner community to fitness is just that. They're their partners. I, I want the fitness industry to be successful not for the sake of ABC, but for the sake of the industry as a whole. And I believe if it is, ABC will play its part and hopefully do well in the process. But I think I think Liz and team recognized that um, there was a need to, to think broader, to be more inclusive. But I also think the market demands, as you pointed out, that to successfully run a fitness brand, that you have to be about, the technology about the insights about the experiences and more about the personalization and i think i think you're just going to continue to see that balance in future Ursus, you know continue to recalibrate around what is bringing those insights those differentiations those curated experiences i think that's where the fitness industry as a whole is going
0: great well i don't know if you hear this enough but great job on execution on leadership uh, through a, through the toughest time that we've had and really moving forward. Also your, your, uh, industry insights that you release to everyone. It's not, you know, held in isolation just for clients is really helpful. So I appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, I used to go to summer camp. So they used to say a happy counselor makes a happy camp. So a happy technology company makes a, a happy client and a happy yeah. member. So keep doing what you're doing. We're big fans. And, uh, Look forward to seeing you in person at the uh, at the next Ersa Futures to to come.
1: Thanks, Thanks, Pete. I really appreciate it. I always enjoy talking to you, and appreciate what you do for the industry, and just the opportunity to give us this platform to have these types of conversations. I really appreciate
0: it. You got yeah. it.